Hello and welcome to the Road to Law, the 2023 Vinayas Village Cup podcast. In this episode, we'll look back on all of the action in round two, with teams in action across all of the 32 groups. Unlike the first round, which was plagued by bad weather and washed out fixtures, almost all the round two fixtures were completed at the first attempt. Defending champions, Dumbleton, are safely through to round three after defeating Hagley by seven wickets. However, there will be no rematch for the 2022 final at Lords in September with Calmore Sports exiting the competition in round one. Joining me today are the cricketer editor, Hugh Turberfield, and he has a special guest with him, who I'll let you introduce you. Yes, thank you, Ian. And we've got today delighted to have Mark Curtin with us. He's the chief executive of Lord's Taverners, who are the official charity of the Vineas Village Cup. Hi, Mark. Hi, Hugh. Thanks very much for having me on. Uh, do, do you want to just sort of tell us um, what the Taverners do? I, I know they're a cricket charity, but for some, for you might want to... I have a better way of um, announcing. Yeah, it. sure. I'll give it. I'll give it a go. I get. I certainly get enough practice. Um, so the t- the tabs has been many things for many many years, but today um, we're very very focused on community cricket. So our our strapline, if you like, our our um, our uh, mission is to try to empower young people that face disadvantage through cricket, and at a time when we all know. You know, the spotlight's been on the game for how inclusive um, and engaging and welcoming it can be for so many people. Uh, we place ourselves at the at the heart of um, of being part of that, really. So, so to cut to the chase, what we do is we deliver community programmes. We place coaches and development officers in communities right across the country um, and including some work in Scotland and Wales as well, where we work with county boards and county cricket clubs, cricket foundations, uh, and we run a number of different programmes. But the main programmes that we focus on are uh, in the area of disability cricket, so young people living with either a physical and or a learning disability can be introduced to the game um, and can access free weekly coaching sessions in their own community where they live, or go to school or go to some other um, of the sort of support resources that they might have. Um, and we have a program that's branded as Super Ones, and that's our community cricket program. And then just this year as well, something we've done to really expand that work uh, in partnership with the work that we do with lots of special educational needs schools on the table cricket program um, that we're quite synonymous with running. Uh, we've just started to go into um, with the aim of reaching all 1500 special educational needs and disability schools and settings um, around the country. So that this year, uh, thanks to some funding we got from the ECB, um, we've worked with county cricket boards and other organisations. And we're, we've reached already since we started this in October, 17,000 young people living with a disability, introduced them to the game, got them playing either table cricket or sports hall cricket uh, with a softball, sorry, uh, sports hall based cricket through the winter. And then obviously as the weather hopefully brightens up over the coming weeks and months, getting them outdoors, particularly around the school holidays. So our work around disability cricket is effectively creating an opportunity for young people to develop skills, uh, to be more confident, to become more independent, to make friends, to enjoy playing the game, learning the game and then hopefully sustaining their participation. And that could mean lots of different ways, as, as we know, into the club set up in their local community if their clubs are able to accommodate them and welcome them in, um, but also by participating longer term on our own Super Ones programme. And hopefully for those that have a particular talent or able to enter into a performance pathway, 
as we know, is a huge amount of work now being done right through to the Disability Premier League um, and the uh, performance pathway that people like Ian Martin uh, heads up uh, um, at the ECB. So disability, in I could go on for hours, but you'll be pleased to know I won't, but disability is a big thing for us. Thousands of young people being introduced to the game, learning to play, but critically developing other skills and other characteristics and confidence and happiness and all those sorts of things as well. And then the other main programme that we do is branded as Wickets, spelt with a Z. Uh, and the Wickets programme is a very community-focused programme for young people, not just with disabilities. It's a broader programme for many. And the Wickets programme, uh, we have 18 of them uh, with over 133 hubs all over the country. Uh, and what we do is specifically target communities where you wouldn't traditionally find cricket provision delivered week, year round, every week for free. And again, with the aim of really introducing young people that face disadvantage um, or find it difficult due to cost or other reasons to get into the game. Um, and the Wickets programme this year, to give you an example of, um, as I said, size and scope, we've got 18 programmes around the country with, with over 100 hubs. And, and we're now starting to see as Wickets about eight or nine years old, We've had nearly 50 young people this year that have actually gone on to join a MCC Academy Hub um, in their local community. So we're starting to see some players um, with talent produced, um, as well as those on a, on a wider scale. So there's a couple of thousand young people that take part in those programmes, developing skills. And what we do with Wickets is we tailor the work that we do, the sort of youth work and engagement work alongside the cricket, specific to local needs so what you might find for example in Plymouth will be very difficult to what uh, sorry different to what you would find in Birmingham or Blackpool um, or uh, the northeast and we make sure that the coaches and development officers who are employed and deployed out into those communities by partners at county boards and cricket foundations are able to tailor a program for local uh, need and demand to young people um, and then the last bit alongside all of that is one of the big barriers, as we know, um, is getting into cricket, the cost of kit and equipment. Um, so we have a what we call our sports kit recycling program. And we ask clubs and organisations to gather up all of either their surplus um, for various different reasons or uh, kit that's been uh, unused or not even in some cases opened or out of the packet yet in kit and equipment because sponsors change or branding's been done in the wrong way and what we do is if it's used we repurpose it we make we make helmets safe we get pads all stitched up again looking new and we redistribute that kit right out to communities across the country where young people who particularly where cost is a barrier to being able to get into the game and play the game with the same high quality equipment that we all have the privilege of being able to use um, can access. So those are our core programs. Super ones, um, wider disability cricket, including table uh, table uh, uh, cricket, wickets, and sports kit recycling. Yeah, that's amazing, Mark. Um, you've got such a, a, a long and proud history, haven't you? Um, I know you. I think you went. I've been watching a video of um, the Lords Taverners going to play in Corfu, actually. Um, yeah, yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, and funny enough, because I went there last October to play cricket. Um, and uh, we we all wet our appetite by watching the Lords Taverners off to Corfu with, I think John Cleese and Richard Steele go and that's right, yeah, back in the day, yeah, yeah. yeah Eric Morecambe yeah. was there, wasn't he? But that's I mean, right. I, I, you know, I've seen both the um, both the programs you do, you know, sort of 
playing cricket with bat and ball and, and amazing people in, in wheelchairs. Just, you can just see the sort of glee that they get from doing it. And also the, um, as you say, the table cricket. We've got a piece about table, the, you know, you, the, who's won the table cricket tournament in, in the next magazine, uh, the junior issue of the cricketer. So, no, it's, um, it's I mean, you must have, been, how long is it going on for the, the charity? Because we're- So we're founded in around about 1950. So we're, we're 73 years old this year. Um, and um, we, uh, yeah, we, I mean, over that time, the, the Taverners has done lots and lots of different things. We used to do a lot of um, asset and grant donations, including wheelchairs and minibuses and things. Um, but our, as I say, our focus now, we, we realise where we're most impactful and we can make the difference to the most young people's lives is through the, those programmes that I just described a moment ago. And, yeah. and speaking of Corfu, we actually just did that trip again um, two weeks ago, we had uh, we had a we were invited out uh, the Lords Taverners cricket team and Lords Taverners eleven um, skippered this time by Andy Caddick uh, was invited out to Corfu to take part in a, a two hundred a celebration of two hundred years of cricket on the island of Corfu. So as well as ourselves, there was the House of Commons and House of Lords cricket team. There was the Army, the Royal Household, the Gurkhas, and the Hellenic Cricket Federation team. Um, and it was a great, brilliant festival over four or five days. A number of our members came out um, for a long weekend uh, and we had our president, David Gower, hosting everybody uh, with his usual stories of um, tiger moths and, uh, and all those that I'm sure those in cricket will have heard many a time. So it was a really good, brilliant, really, you know, cricket, traditional cricket weekend enjoyed by many and gave us the opportunity as a charity to raise our profile um, at the event as well, which the which the ICC were involved with and, and part of helping to develop uh, cricket in Greece. Yeah, well, it was a funny story because um, when we were preparing to go uh, to Corfu, somebody uh, bought a rough guide to Corfu and there was a section in it about cricket and uh, David Gower is a columnist for the Cricketer magazine mm, yeah. and he's quoted in this article saying that there's nowhere better to play cricket than Corfu uh and so when i came to sort of preparing his column for the next magazine i told him about this and he said he'd uh, never been to corfu it was quite <laughs> funny so the, the, the journalist obviously made it up but um he has now been to corfu i actually haven't spoke to him about it i didn't realize it had already gone i knew it was coming up um yeah. so yeah well, well, he might now stand by that fictitious quote he might actually just for, for real say that there is no better place than to play cricket than in Corfu, but yeah, well, uh, it's, the setting's amazing. I mean, we yeah. the, the main finals took place um, in in old. If for those that know Corfu, old Corfu town's got the got the in the square, and uh, there's a there's a strip there, and um, yeah. And what, what we're also able to do, as well as as well as those that played in the games, there's there's quite a thriving youth cricket setup in Corfu um, because they have a couple of the clubs there. So we actually had Andy. Uh, and a number of our players, including two of the guys that are coaches on our wickets program in the Luton area, ran a coaching session for young people from the island who play cricket on, on the Friday morning. Uh, mm. And then what we also did ourselves and the House of Lords and House of Commons cricket team uh, left all our kit that we that we had supplied from various sponsors for the tournament uh, behind so that it could be used by local kids and local clubs. Um, to help to grow the game over there. So yeah, David's right, and now he's seen it. Um, yeah. It's a fantastic setting with a you know a great big square, lots of people out mm. having our fresco dining and drinks and stuff. But but also there was a you know really serious side to 
to what we did out there, which was to help to grow the game and raise our profile in terms of what we can do to engage young people in the game of cricket. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to going back. We're going back in September, actually. So, um, we, we loved it so much for going back, but um, yeah, I mean, just to, to finish, I mean, some of the, the guys, um, girls who, who, who have been, have been uh, taking part in your activities, I mean, we've had a bit about um, Sam Alderson in the magazine. It's um, mm -hmm. incredible, isn't it, to see uh, what cricket can do for, for, for people. Yeah, that's the whole point of it, really. I mean, you know, we we are a charity, so uh, this is this isn't just about getting young people to play cricket. We what we're really focused on are those outcomes. What's the answer to the so what question? If I'm a young person's parent and my child joins one of the Lords Taverners cricket programs that's run by one of the local county boards or cricket clubs, what 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 happens? And and what we see is a real. Um, uh improvement in all kinds of things that you know those of us that have played any sport really but particularly cricket confidence team building making friends being able to communicate decision making and for me i always think i say this to my own kids one of whom plays cricket at our local club which is east Cope, uh in middlesex that becoming resilient if you can develop resilience through participating in sport and a sport like cricket it really is a skill or a characteristic, if you like, that you can take into other parts of your life, whether it be at school, in your community, um, as well as all those other things I mentioned, you know, communication skills and confidence and teamwork and decision making and so on. So, so our focus is really to use cricket or to utilise cricket as a tool for social, personal and social development. Yeah, Mark, I've been involved in uh, recreational cricket admin in Nottinghamshire for the last 15 or 20 years and we've seen a huge uh, input from the, the tabs as to what yeah. happens here I think I think you're dead right it, it is about not the elite game but the participation side of things but also what that then gives you it's not just a love of cricket but cricket I think more than other sports you spend so much time not actually playing whilst you're at cricket whilst your team is batting and you yeah. it's those friendships and those relationships you build up and it's really interesting to hear you say that's part of the process as well. It's to get people to absolutely uh, engage yeah. in the whole uh, thing, particularly if they've struggled to make those relationships in the past. Yeah, I mean, a great example of that just recently, and speaking of Corfu, when we went out on the Corfu trip, you know, we had, um, as I mentioned, a couple of young uh, lads who are former participants who are now 19 and 21 years old who have become coaches. And, and that's so important that those kids, as they grow up, that they develop the skills to be able to coach the next generation behind them. But those two guys were invited to come and speak about their experience at in Corfu, and they played in the team. And, you know, it was competitive, particularly when we played against the British Army team, which yes. anyone that's seen those guys play know that, you know, how competitive that can be. And, um, and having somebody like Andy Caddick with all of his experience and Andy's own character, um, you know, and his, uh, and confidence and was great for them. And, and they came back and said, it like, just what an enriching, amazing weekend. They learned so much, you know, even when the chat started to get a little bit stretching beyond banter on the on the cricket field and Andy, Andy stepped in, they, you know, they saw what it was, how important it is to, you know, sportsmanship and, and good character. And, and as we always talk about playing, playing in the spirit of the game was just one element of something that they picked up over the weekend. And what will happen now is those two guys will take that back to yeah. their own community in Luton and they'll work with hundreds of young people. They'll talk about their experiences. They'll talk about the fact that through cricket, they got to travel abroad and play cricket with an ex-England international with 
you know, all, all the success that somebody like Andy has had. So, yeah, I, I, the game can just do so much for so many people. And I think at a time, as I mentioned before, when, you know, the, the spotlight's been in on the game, rightly so, I must say, for how inclusive and engaging and welcoming it is, there are huge numbers of examples of real positive um, uh, good practice that we can look to, that we can learn from and make sure that we all, ourselves, ECB, clubs, other charities like Chance to Shine, the ACE Project and, and you know, all those programmes around can work together to make the game. In, in Richard Thompson's first words, I think, when he became chair of ECB last year was, we want cricket to be the most inclusive sport. We want everybody to be able to look at this game and if you're a parent and think, actually, I, I think my son or daughter would really enjoy being involved in cricket. And, and that's what we see our job is to is to make that happen um, and to make sure that we do give opportunities for as many young people as possible to gain from it. Well, I've, I've, and, and we're really pleased to have you on board as our official charity partner. It's, re it's really good for the Village Cup that the Tavernas are involved in that way. Thank you. No, we're delighted. It's, a, it's an honour for us as well to be involved. Performance of the week. Right, back to the Village Cup then. Plenty of action in round two. Hugh, which game caught your eye particularly? Uh, well, I'm, I'm following the progress of Hambledon because, um, as everybody, some people know, it's the, the cradle of cricket, isn't it? Um, I don't actually think they play on that ground. I think they play at the club nearby. But, um, yeah, Hambledon, 250 years old. Um, special for me because I played in a, in a special match last year on New Year's Day uh to uh celebrate the fact that they've been playing cricket on the on the venue for 250 years and they seem to be focusing on the village cup the Vinayas village cup this year they seem to be um concentrating resources on 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 a on a run to to lords so yeah i keep watching to see how they're doing and 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 they keep winning and um as you say the champ champions are in but uh, the former champions Calmore or former runners up i think were, were they champions the year before Calmore were, were winners the year before yes yeah winners winners and then runners up last year that's right they're out aren't they they um toss of a coin which is a, yeah. a bit of a always a sad state of affairs in sport isn't it i don't know those fa cup ties that couldn't be decided after 15 matches so they used to toss a coin but the wretched yeah. rain um, been causing problems this summer, hasn't it, for for all all cricketers and clubs and so forth. But uh, but they're out. But anyway, it gives gives somebody else a go, doesn't it? To yes, to, yeah, have lords in their sights. Yeah, and the, the first the first round particularly was very very wet, and there were lots of bowl outs and coin tosses, and uh, disappointing as you say way to go out. But uh, we can blame the weather gods for that. But the game that caught my eye was Bagland versus Hopkinstown in, in deepest South Wales near Port Talbot, I think, Bagland. Mm -hmm. And they had one of the most heroic performances I think we'll see in the Cup this year with Bagland's Jonathan Cheel batting at seven. He scored 109 of his side's 168 runs, hitting 10 fours and seven sixes. Saunders, Robert Saunders, scored 16, was the only other batsman to pass 10. They went from 93 for eight to finish on an incredible 168 for nine. Quite a competitive score. Hopkinstown completed a successful chase with two wickets and four balls to spare, despite falling to 101 for eight themselves. Jonathan Powell and Edward Smart hit an unbeaten 61 for the ninth wicket to see their team home. As I think I've said on this podcast before, I do love a game that, that ebbs and flows. Um, they're often far more entertaining than when one side scores 200 and the other one scores 201. Um, it was a fantastic game. 
At mm. Uphill Castle, Tom Llewellyn scored, Tom Llewellyn scored the uh, century in round two. He scored 107 not out against Purnell and was the only player on his side to pass 20. Player of the round. Uh, player of the round was West Chetlington and Fakenham's opener, Louis Story, who scored 136 runs off just 99 balls to post the highest individual score of the competition so far. He also picked up four for nine with the ball in the first round, so he's obviously a player to watch out for. So, other than Hamilton, Hughes, do you have your eye on any other teams in the next round? Are there any other favourites from? Well, you... an interesting we've got an interesting feature in the uh, June edition of the Cricketer, which comes out on May the nineteenth. Um, uh, Langacost Cricket Club in Cumbria um, near Hadrian's Wall, so it sounds lovely. Uh, Lydia Greenway went up there um, and led a masterclass with forty boys and girls. And it was just really interesting hearing what role the Vinayas Village Cup plays in the life of that vi- that sort of village. Um, I was about to say in that town, in that village. Um, I was trying to avoid saying village twice. Um, but they don't have a pub in the village. So uh, the cricket club is the sort of central hub. And uh, with the club being the central hub of the village and the village cup being the central hub of, of life there, it's, it's, it's just clear, again, showing what cricket and, and this competition that we're so proud of the cricketers to run can bring to an area, a community, really. Um, yeah, there's tremendous excitement when they play each round of, of the competition and uh, boys, girls, adults um, went, all came out to see uh, the former England cricketer, Lydia Greenway. So that's interesting Yeah, Lydia is uh, the Vinayas ambassador for this competition this year. And she's, she's done a number of things this year. And it, her, her ability to engage with young players is, is quite remarkable. And, I know I've spoken to people who were up at Lamacost and said she ran a very successful day. Anyway, that's about all, all we have time for. Thanks to Hugh and Mark Curtin for their company and to our sponsors, Vinayas, Broadband, Bowler, Thigston, Crickviz, and our official charity partner, The Lord's Tavern. Good luck to all of the teams in action in round three on May the 21st. You are only two wins from the national draw. Thank you.